Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey, beautiful. Welcome back to the New Visionary Podcast. Today we have a solo episode. I've been wanting to do one of these for a while. It's definitely been a hot minute since the last one. And today's solo episode is actually pretty cool because it's going to be a Q&A with me. I'm going to be answering your top three art career questions you have been writing in and asking me some really important questions. And I'm here to guide you today. There will be more opportunities in the future, most likely, for you to write in and ask questions and for me to answer them on the podcast. So in addition to answering these questions, I'm also going to do a little bit of mindset work with you because we all know that you can have the practical skills, you know, you can have the tools in your tool belt, but if your mindset is not in the right place, those skills, those tools aren't going to amount to much. So we're going to do a little bit of mindset work. I'm going to share an affirmation with you, one that has been extremely helpful for me over the past few months, and we'll go from there. So the first question that I'm going to share is, I'm an emerging artist and ready to start getting my work out into the world. What's the first step I should take? Okay, first thing I'm going to say in response to this question is so many artists have the same question, right? Because once you start making your work and you really start building a body of work, a professional collection of work that you feel ready to show and to share, Sometimes it is tricky to think, okay, where do I start? There's so many things I could do. So this answer is going to have a few different parts to it, but the first one is to start showing up and actually putting out there without any expectations, but just to start getting it out into the world. And this might sound pretty obvious, but there are different ways you can do this. The first one, and probably one that you're thinking of right now, is social media, right? And when I talk about social media, I usually focus on Instagram because in my eyes, that is the most powerful platform right now for artists of all career levels to be sharing and showing their work and selling their work um, and making those connections. So one thing that's really helpful for me and for artists that I work with is when you start showing your work, and honestly, even if you've been posting to Instagram for years, don't worry about the number of likes, don't worry about the number of followers. Yes, it's great to have a good goal to grow your following and to get a bigger audience and to get more traction and engagement on your posts. Those are all great things. But the first step really is to just start sharing what you're working on or paintings or artworks that you have finished. And I think that when we start posting consistently to social media, we really feel like there's this level of accountability with our art practice. I remember that years and years ago when I first created my Instagram for my own art, I 
really wasn't focused on the followers or the likes. I just felt really good that I was actually sharing what I was making, you know, outside of my studio, which at the time was my kitchen table. Um, And something you can do as well to help kind of take the focus off of that is you can always hide your like count. You know, you don't, you certainly don't have to. um, But I find in doing that, it kind of helps me not to focus on the numbers so much and to focus more on just the act of posting. So in response to this question, the first part is social media. You know, you can also very easily connect your Instagram to your Facebook page and you can kind of increase visibility that way. There are so many platforms online that can sell your work and they'll take some kind of commission. But I would recommend you to kind of start slow and not to spread yourself too thin because even though some some of those platforms are great, I can find that artists tend to lose focus if they get very excited early on and they just kind of start putting their art all over the internet. Um, Social media is a powerful tool, but also your website. So the way that I view the website as an artist is in my eyes, it's sort of like the home where everything lives, where all of your work lives. And in fact, I kind of use social media in a way as a funnel uh, to drive traffic to the website. And this is because if your website is updated, organized, and if you've really worked hard on it to get it to a good place, meaning it's reflective of your current work, you know, your work is labeled and you have your bio and statement updated and all of those good things, if all of that is kind of checked off, then you want people to be going to your website. You want them to see um, your work in its entirety. And the cool thing about your website too is that a lot of artists will have older work on their website if it's organized appropriately so that visitors can kind of see the evolution of their work. Now, this this is a personal choice. And actually, this is something that I'm sort of thinking about integrating into my own website. I tend to keep it, you know, very current and just show recent work, but I'm starting to show some older work so that visitors can kind of see that evolution as well. And the other reason why you want to direct traffic to your website is because you want to grow your mailing list, right? We're going to talk about email marketing in a moment. Um, That kind of goes hand in hand with the second question I'm about to read. But also, it's it's where you're most likely going to sell your work if you are selling directly. So your website is important and social media is a great way to get people to your website. There are other things you can do too, though. So I'm just kind of focusing on sharing your work digitally. But another part to answer this question is showing your work in person. And whenever I work with an emerging artist, either in my one-on-one program or in my group mentorship program, uh, or if I'm just giving an advice to an artist, I always recommend that they start by showing their work in their local community, or at least seeing what opportunities their local community might have for them. If you can start to build up an audience in your immediate surrounding area, then you start to kind of form this community and and connect with collectors who are local. And part of the reason that this is really nice is because, first of all, it's convenient, right? Um, 
if you're if you are showing your work in another state or overseas, you do have to ship it, which you know, that's fine. That's just kind of part of what it is to be an artist. Uh, but it is very convenient. And also the other part of that too, is that a lot of local galleries, local businesses, local establishments, right? I'm even thinking of restaurants and cafes. They want to support local artists. Um, and so I just think that this is always a really great place to start. Even if you live in a small town in the middle of nowhere, that's okay. There might be some great opportunities right under your nose that you might not even know about. So start in your local community. Okay, number two, I've only sold a handful of paintings and one of my biggest goals is to sell more work. Where should I start? Okay, so this one I've also heard, and this is something we talk a lot about in my group mentorship program, the Artist Glow Up program, because it's an important topic. And actually, in my group program, I always say it's the one topic that I teach about over the course of two sessions and not just one session, uh, because there's a lot to selling your work. And the fact of the matter is, even if you are an artist who wants to work with a gallery and is kind of keeping your fingers crossed that at some point you'll find a gallery that's going to just do all the promotion for you and you know take care of the sales side, take care of the business side, and you can just happily paint in your studio, um, <laughs> the first thing I want to tell you is that that's probably not the case. And I, I don't say that to be like pessimistic or negative. Um, it's just really not the reality. A lot of galleries, and there are exceptions to this, but a lot of galleries actually find it really attractive when you are uh, actively promoting your work as well, because it really is a team effort. And galleries also are very attracted to artists that, you know, have started to build up a track record with selling their work, have started to build up a, an audience or even just a small collector base. And I think that you really can have it all. You can have a gallery that is supporting you and believing in your vision and helping you to sell your work, absolutely. And you can also sell directly, which is nice because there's no commission on that. But back to the question, where should you start? Okay, so if you are really new to selling your work, um, the one of the biggest mistakes I noticed, and I'm speaking from experience here, okay? So please know that there is no judgment. I've gone through this myself. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I noticed for artists is that they will upload a handful of, let's say paintings, right? But this could be any artwork that you're creating to the shop on their website. And they just kind of hope that it will get sold and that people will just stumble upon their website and see the work and invest in it. And while that might be the case for some artists or it might happen sporadically, it's definitely not a consistent sales strategy. And if you are an artist who is wanting to really monetize your practice um, and earn either a part-time or full-time income from your artwork, right? Whether that's selling originals, prints, maybe a combination of both, then it is important that you take full responsibility for that and you have a, a sales strategy. So in terms of coming up with a sales strategy, I mean, there's a lot to this. So it's something I really work on, you know, in my one-on-one -on -one program and my group program, uh, because it's too much to summarize in a short podcast episode. But 
the biggest piece of advice that I can give you is to start a mailing list if you have not already. Email marketing is the ticket to sales. And that is because the people who are subscribed to your mailing list are already showing that they're invested in you simply by subscribing, right? And when you start to engage in email marketing, so if you are an artist listening to this who does not currently have any kind of email marketing or or mailing list set up, I would highly recommend that after this podcast, you hop on Google and you start getting that set up. It's actually quite easy and there's different options. There's MailChimp, there's Flowdesk. Um, If you have a Squarespace website, then I recommend going with Squarespace's in-house email marketing. There's different options for you and you can can look into the logistics. But the reason this is so important is because if you are doing email marketing uh, in a way that is engaging and in a way that is authentic and, and meaningful, then you really do start to build investment in your audience. So I always tell artists when I start working with them that when it comes to email marketing, it's important not to just send promotional emails, right? Although those are important. Those absolutely are important. And I think they're necessary um, if you are trying to sell your work. But we sell our work because people are invested in the work that we're creating, right? When someone buys an artwork, it is almost always because they have an emotional connection to either the work itself or to the artist who created it. There's some kind of personal investment. There's some kind of connection, meaningful connection there. Even a collector who is buying a piece for a functional purpose, like maybe they need a piece of artwork to hang above their bed or to put in their dining room. Uh, even then, right, they're going to select an artwork that they feel connected to and that they feel is going to fit with, you know, their home and and that sort of thing. So when it comes to building investment for your work, email marketing is the perfect place to do this because your message goes straight to the inbox of whoever is on your mailing list. And Uh, You have a higher chance, I think, of that being seen than through social media even because we all know that we can't control the algorithm on Instagram. Sometimes a lot of people see our posts and sometimes not a lot of people see our posts. We really don't have that much control over it. Uh, We don't have any control over the algorithm. So with email marketing, it's a message directly from your studio to your subscribers inbox. And what I recommend doing is really balancing those promotional emails with emails or newsletters, I should say, that are a little bit more personal, that show images of what you're working on in the studio right now, even if your studio is, you know, your kitchen table or um, a desk, right? Whatever it is, it doesn't, I, I don't necessarily mean when I say studio, uh, a rented space because it can be anything. It can be any anywhere you work is essentially your studio. And so the more that you can kind of utilize email marketing as a place to connect with your audience and to show them what you are working on in an authentic way and to talk a little bit about the inspiration behind your work. And, you know, you can highlight different different pieces that really mean something to you. The more you can share that, the more you are going to build that investment and ultimately that connection. 
And that is essential for selling the work. So that's always where I start. Okay. The third question. (laughs) These are great questions, by the way. So the last one is, how do I balance my art making with the administrative side of things? I feel overwhelmed. And Victoria, I could use your help. Okay. Well, you know, I've been there and many artists that I work with have similar I don't want to say dilemmas, but it can be a challenge, right? Because being an artist isn't just painting in this studio. It can be. It depends what kind of art career you want to have. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being an artist who makes your work and and just, you know, shows it online and maybe, you know, shows it in person or in a few virtual exhibitions. Like that, that is amazing too. And and really you can be any kind of artist that you want to be. It doesn't, I, I want to start by saying it does not make you any less of an artist if you are not actively exhibiting your work. You know, I've spoken at length about how I've taken almost two years off from actively exhibiting my work because A, I've been building my company, Visionary Art Collective, and B, I have really gone through a sort of personal metamorphosis with my work that has needed time uh, for me to just allow it to breathe without any pressure of selling or, or showing it. And I'm probably going to get back into that soon. But back to the question, (laughs) back to the question, balancing your responsibilities. So you have time to make your art, right? And you also need to allot time. You need to carve out time to focus on the administrative side of your art career. So what do those administrative tasks look like? Well, they can be many different things. They could be updating your website. Um, your administrative tasks could also involve posting to social media, updating your artist bio and statement, researching opportunities. For any artist who really is trying to get your work out there, I recommend carving out at least 45 minutes a week for just research. I would block it into your schedule, into your calendar. Um, a 45-minute period, maybe in the morning. It depends on what your sort of rhythm is when you feel um, when you feel the most motivated to power through your admin work. For me, it's always in the morning with a nice big cup of coffee. But it is really, really essential that you carve out time for administrative tasks and for researching opportunities because it's often through the research that you do that you find open calls, that you find residencies that have openings or are accepting submissions, uh, that you find uh, magazines that are looking for artists to be featured, right? It's all through this research process and it takes time. It really does take time. And I would recommend keeping either a Google Doc or a spreadsheet some some place on your computer where you can house all of this information because having a system in place when it comes to the admin side of your art career is really, really important. Now, I am not naturally a very organized person, but I've had to to become much more organized because I'm currently balancing a lot of things, (laughs) uh, more things than I think I've ever balanced before. And so the first part of my response to this question 
is carve out time. Okay. So work with your natural rhythm. If you are the kind of artist that needs to make your art right when you get up, and I have worked with artists like this, by the way, then don't fight that. Just go with that and do your admin work in the afternoon or in the evening. If you are someone like me that has to do your admin work before you can do anything creative, um, then, then work on it in the morning. But I recommend, highly recommend having an actual schedule for this. I use Google, Google Calendar. There's so many other things you can use as well. But a lot the time throughout the week. So it could be that Monday mornings you work on social media, you schedule some posts, which I recommend. It's so much easier and more efficient to schedule posts in advance. You check on your website, see if anything needs updating. Maybe you draft a newsletter because you're doing your email marketing. Um, maybe there are emails that you need to respond to, right? And then of course there's that research, but it's going to be hard to do all of that in one chunk. So I would try and carve out at least two sort of chunks of time every week where you're working on your admin. This is also going to depend where you're at in your career. So if you are further along in your career and you have a lot of things happening, if you are exhibiting in a, in a lot of shows, uh, if you are submitting to a lot of things, um, if there are proposals you are writing and grants you're applying to and residencies you're interested in, right, then you might need more than two, two chunks of time every week to work on your admin. You might actually need to take an hour or an hour and a half every morning, Monday through Friday, to work on those admin tasks. It's really going to depend on what your goals are. It's going to depend on where you're at in your career. It depends on a lot, but really the best thing that you can do is carve out those chunks of time and stay really organized and have a system in place. Because if you don't and you just try to do a little bit of admin here, a little bit of you know art making here, and then you kind of go back and forth in an unorganized way, it's going to be really easy for you to lose focus. It's going to be really easy for you to lose track of where you're at. And it's going to just be harder and take longer, in my opinion. Um, so I am all for scheduling and I'm all for keeping a very firm calendar. But life happens as well. So build in some time for flexibility because we can't always follow our schedule all the time. But I guess really the answer to this question, if I had to summarize, would be get super organized with your time and make lists. You know, that might sound really obvious, but make lists at the start of every week. And something that I do that really helps me is I have an overarching list of things that I need to get done and I have it uh, split into different sections. So I have weekly reminders. I have emails that I need to send out. It's all sort of categorized. I have coming up soon, which is usually anything within the next week. I have in the coming weeks, which is anything sort of like two, three, four weeks out, and then in the coming months. So those are my answers to those three questions. And now for just a little bit of mindset work, the first thing that I would encourage you to do if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling a little bit fatigued, if you're just feeling like you need a reset, the first thing that I would encourage you to do 
is to look at your to-do list and see if there's anything, anything on there that you could either table or if there's someone that you could ask for help, right? And I know that sometimes it's really hard to ask for help. We've had a lot of conversations about this. We had a really powerful discussion about this in the VAC book club, but it's important because as artists, it's kind of a a solitary thing, right? Like we make the work alone. We submit to opportunities alone. (laughs) Sometimes we're in group exhibitions, which is great, but like a lot of the work that we do is it can be a little bit isolating. And so I think the more support you have around you and if you can delegate any tasks, you know, if if you can table anything until later, I would recommend that. But something that I want to share with you before I go into my affirmation is to always reach for the highest thought in every situation. This is something that my mentor right now has been working with me on and I want to pass the knowledge onto you because it's actually really, really beautiful and powerful if we practice this daily or as much as you can. So reaching for the highest thought means that in a situation where you're not sure what the outcome is going to be, right? There's many possibilities and there's so many uh, places that your mind can jump to. But if you reach for the highest thought, if you make an active effort to do that, then what you might find is that your outlook starts to change. So if you are submitting, right, this is just an example, but let's say you are applying, you're submitting to an exhibition that is super high-end, it feels very intimidating, Uh, you're not feeling like it's even worth it to submit or apply because, you know, it's just feeling like such a reach for you. I want you to reach for the highest thought, which is, I'm going to submit to this opportunity and I'm excited to see what comes or I'm going to apply to this opportunity and I truly believe I have a great chance of getting in. But when you practice this, it's important not to be attached to the outcome. And this is where it can get a little tricky. So you want to reach for that highest thought but you don't want to put pressure on it or attach yourself to the outcome. You want to just put that energy out there and create that sort of manifestation um, and that affirmation for yourself, but without tying yourself to the end result. Because when we start to put pressure on ourselves, um, when we start to white knuckle things, Uh, Not only does it become not an enjoyable experience, it actually starts to repel that energy in the opposite direction. So reach for the highest thought. That is one uh, really important mindset shift that I have been trying to practice lately, even in really, really small situations. So it's a practice, right? It's something that you have to actively do on a regular basis and remind yourself to do. Now, I'm going to share an affirmation with you that I have found really powerful. I actually did not write this, okay? I found it online, and I was not able to find who wrote this. If anyone knows, (laughs) let me know. If you are in a quiet place right now, I would recommend just taking a moment to take a deep breath and close your eyes and just soak in this beautiful affirmation. Everywhere I go, I prosper. Everything I do always works out for me. 
I welcome new energy. I am attracting better. I feel good about who I am. I love myself. I choose to be hopeful. I believe in myself. I am thriving in every way. Things are happening for me now. This has been one of the most powerful affirmations that I have read, and I hope that it has an impact on you, a positive impact, of course. And if anyone in here is interested in learning more about how to build your art career in a way that is sustainable and in a way that really works for you, and you're seeking some guidance and advice and strategies and all of those good things, you can head on over to the Visionary Art Collective website, to our programs tab. I'll drop the link in the notes. There are a few opportunities to work with me. One is in my one-to-one mentorship program. I'm currently booked right now, but I will have a couple of spots opening up later in the summer and this fall. And the one-to-one program is really, really amazing because it's just us working together over the course of three months. And again, all the info for that is on the VAC website. There's also the Artist Glow Up program, which is my group mentorship course. It's a 12-week program. I love it so much. We bring in guest speakers. I also teach so much in this program. I share all the strategies with you in terms of how to build a successful art career. And then occasionally I teach workshops, not as many these days, but my favorite workshop, my signature workshop that I just love to teach so much, and I teach it a couple times a year, is my writing about your work workshop. And so that one is really designed to help you write the best most powerful artist statement and bio that you possibly can. And I will definitely be teaching that one at least one more time this year, possibly two more times. We'll see. Keep an eye out. But again, you can find all this info on the VAC website, visionaryartcollective.com. And I hope this was helpful for you today. I always love doing these solo episodes to just share some knowledge and insight with you, but also I get great feedback. So my goal here is really just to support you and hope that the words that I share are helpful for you in some way. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to Digital Issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.